Give it up for Grace Music. They wrote that last song. That's an amazing. I feel freedom in the air. Amen. Written out of uh, Zephaniah, the third chapter, where the Lord says he will undo all those things that the enemy has done to you if we just take a moment and praise him. Can you give a, a shout to the Lord just for a moment? Come on, church, one more time. Praise God because he's worthy. Praise the Lord. Most of you know that Janie and I got married in our teenage years, and I know we still look like we're teenagers, but we're, we're not. And, uh, and so in light of that, uh, we have seen and encountered a lot of breakthrough moments, a lot of things that we've worked through uh, knowingly or unknowingly, uh, tried or untried, and uh, the Lord has given us things and showed us things. And so sometimes we talk about our blended family. All of our kids are ours, okay? It's not, we're not, nothing against blended families. We thank God for them, but our four are ours. We have two girls and two boys, and um, uh, Marcus and uh, Jill, our oldest, and Marcus, our oldest boy, uh, favor me probably in looks, and then uh, Jessica, our second daughter, and Andrew, our second son, favor Janie. Although, uh, if you were talking about personalities, the personality of Jill and Marcus favor Janie, and the personality of Jessica and Andrew favor me. But if you're talking about math, then the girls, Jill and Jessica, favor me, and the boys uh, probably favor Janie a little bit. I'm not, not saying anything... Just like if you're, like, as far as, like, maybe liking math versus, okay, I'm not saying anything. We're having a breakthrough moment here for a second. So. And, the, and so the, re, the reason I say that isn't to uh, discard their math ability. They're all very intelligent and uh, uh, educated. Uh, that's why they make a calculator, she said. And so that's not always true. But uh, the reason I say that is, is to... When Marcus was a freshman at Ralston High School, he was struggling with one of the algebra or trigonometry, whatever, what are those math classes, and he just wasn't getting it, and I would go to early morning prayer meeting at our church at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I was praying, and at that point in time, I felt like the Lord say, pray for understanding, and so I came home, and uh, Jane and I prayed for Marcus, prayed for understanding, and uh, he took his math grade from like a C, uh, which wasn't tolerable in our home, uh, and I, I mean that in the nicest way, up to an A, and it just like it started to click. Well, I, I want to pray for understanding for this session because I, I, need, I need this to click with you, okay? If it clicks with you, if you understand what we're going to talk about this session, uh, life will start to make sense. So just bow your head, close your eyes for a moment. Father, I pray for a spirit of understanding just to take place right here and right now. Lord, as we walk through through this conference as this is our third session, Lord, and you're doing such a marvelous thing, and the presence of God is obviously here. Lord, give us, I pray, by the power of the Holy Spirit, just a, a, a spirit of understanding to grasp what we're getting ready to teach. I ask it and I pray it, believe it. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody in agreement said, amen. All right, so thank you. Uh, we're going to talk about soul ties. And we're going to talk about forgiveness, freedom through forgiveness. Janie did such a great job on forgiveness and grace on Sunday. I'm going to hit that, and then we're going to take communion. But I'm really going to center on the soul ties. So if you have a pen and paper, take a lot of notes. This is something that will help you that you can walk with. So there's three types of soul ties. You want to write these down. There's a good soul tie, okay? A good soul tie, we'll, we'll talk more about that. There's an evil soul tie. Uh, we'll talk more about that as well. 
So good soul tie, evil soul tie. And then in my opinion, there's a no fault soul tie. So write that down too, no fault. It's important for you to know that because sometimes we go through life and people, like, we, we have this whole um, worthless type scenario, um, no good, and we've been trained to think that way uh, through no fault soul ties. So I want, again, I want you to get understanding. I want you to get freedom through this because if you can walk through this freedom, at least you'll start the whole deliverance process. Amen? It's important to understand. Like Marcus did in his algebra class once he understood it, okay? Uh, it seemed like, uh, the, the, again, Again, our boys don't, they don't love math. Our girls seem like, you know, they're in banking and accounting and all these things that they work with numbers all the time. Uh, so it's, it's refreshing uh, to see uh, how God works through things. And the spirit of understanding can really enlighten us. So there's five types. So, so those are, the, those are the, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, if you will. But then there's five types of soul ties, definition of soul ties. So write these down. The first one is a biological soul tie. And this will really make sense when we start talking about communion. Biological soul tie would be what you think it is, the parental, uh, siblings, uh, brothers and sisters, cousins, nieces and nephews. Um, uh, the Lord said that we should be fruitful and we should multiply, amen? And that, so there's a, there's, a, there's a portion there that we understand and have to understand as we walk through the, the biological part because what also happens then in the good, okay, uh, I think Janie spoke of it, uh, Brian spoke of it, we talked about it last night, some have really good parents and have really happy thoughts. Janie's parents are still alive. I love talking to my father-in-law just because he makes me laugh. He's a really, really good, funny guy, okay? I call him Cousin Eddie because he's had like 40 campers, and he reminds me of Cousin Eddie on uh, the, the Christmas movie, okay? And, and so, but he's, a, he's just a, a blast to be around. He's always been that way. He's a lot of fun. But some people don't have those good memories of their, of their father or their mother. So that one can be a really good soul tie. One can be an evil soul tie. And if something in, in, has happened in your family, uh, maybe rape or incest, abuse, neglect, that's an evil soul tie, but that's also a no fault soul tie, okay? That's, listen, that is no fault of yours. That is no fault of yours at all. Please don't let the enemy hinder you with the fact that you, you were worthless growing up or you're no good. Rebuke that enemy. In fact, let's rebuke the devil right now and send him back to the pits of hell where he belongs. That, that, that needs to be said. Let's go to Genesis 34 chapter for a second. We do have a couple scriptures that I want to read. Genesis 34, Dinah, Leah's daughter, the only daughter of Jacob, by the way, uh, uh, whom she bore to Jacob, went out to see some of the young women in the area. When Shechem, son of Hamor, the Hivite, uh, prince of the region, saw her, he took her and he raped her. He became infatuated with Dinah, a daughter of Jacob. He loved the young girl and spoke tenderly to her. Stop there for a second. The King James really words this right. And the King James says, and he loved her so much that his soul clave to her. There was an evil soul tie here. This was nothing of Dinah's doing. Sometimes people walk through life, nothing of their doing, but an evil soul tie still clings to them because what was done to them as a young age. All right, we still, just like sin, 
Like we enter into this world, we didn't have part of Adam's sin, but Adam sinned, so we have to deal with it. Unfortunately, we have to deal sometimes with the sin of other people, okay? Let's go to verse 4. I think we have it up there too. Get me this girl as a wife. He told his father, Hamor, uh, Jacob wouldn't have anything of it. Uh, the story ends pretty sourly for, for Shechem. And, and, and Diana has to live with this deal. Again, of 12 brothers, she's the only sister. She gets raped and there's this evil soul tie that takes place. But there's a biological soul tie that we walk through. Parenting it can be good. It can be, it can be bad. It can be no fault. Uh, the second uh, soul tie that you want to write down then is a social soul tie. Social soul tie would be those cre the, the creative elements. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this than to lay down a life for his friends. Social, community we talked about last night. Social as in togetherness, friendship. I uh, saw uh, people on Instagram that were hanging out after uh, the service last night. And I thought, this is really good. This is that there's a social uh, atmosphere there. In uh, First uh, uh, Samuel, I don't think we have it, but in First Samuel, uh, no, Second Samuel, the first chapter, one of the last verses of that, of that uh, chapter. In fact, I have it. Let me read it for you because I don't want to misquote it. Second Samuel, the first chapter, verse number 25. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were such a friend to me. Your love was more wonderful than the love of a woman. How the mighty have fallen. He, he, Jonathan dies and David is distraught. Why? Because they had a good healthy social soul tie, good deep friendship, friendships that don't bind you because there is a carrot, there, friendships that don't attack you because there's something there. And this is the, the difference again between someone who maybe has um, sex outside of marriage. They start an evil or a bad soul tie with someone. Why? Because there's a conditional love there. Jonathan and David had unconditional love for each other. It was not strained. It was not different. It was not immoral, there was a friendship. You can't buy good friendship. There's a social soul tie there. When we were on our way here, moving here 10 plus years ago, I'd called my friend Gary and I said, Gary, can I pray with you? Gary's never forgotten that. He reminds me of it all the time. But I believe that there was a social soul tie that took place that morning. We were in our hotel room and I, the Lord just said, give, give Gary a call. I, I called him. I, I pray for him nearly every day since then. But there's a, a bond that takes place when friends get put together, okay? You need to look for those social soul ties. You need to have those realms in your life. Also, by the way, then, you need to stay away from bad social soul ties. People that only want you for what you can give them. People that only want to get in your life for what you can do for them or for what, for what they can do for you. That's a bad social soul tie that you need to move away from and move forward in healthy social soul ties. Amen? All right. So the next one, then, is soul, soul ties... Um, of emotion, emotional soul ties. And so we, we see in, in the scriptures, Ruth declares to Naomi, don't urge me to leave you or, go, or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. There was an emotional attachment there that was healthy, by the way. Ruth was, uh, ends up being in the lineage of David, King David, who was in the lineage of Jesus, King Jesus. And so there's emotional attachments that are very good. 
Healthy peer pressure is good, okay? Are you going to church tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to church. Well, I better go. You better come. I understand then, too, there was a network of, of people in our, in our conference that would put positive peer pressure on people. You need to be here. You need to come for this. So the person who lays out doesn't want to come, and they, they cause a negative peer pressure. That's an emotion. There's also emotional attachments, that, have, that sometimes take place at the workplace. Maybe a man relies too much on a female companion that's not his wife. Maybe a woman relies too much on a male companion that's not her husband. We would call it an emotional affair. That's a bad emotional soul tie, church. Those things we have to get rid of. We need healthy uh, emotional uh, soul ties that where when you walk in the door at night, you see your spouse and you want to just wrap them up. You know, uh, Janie stays home on Tuesday. She watches baby Selah and, and Selah just kind of lights up our, our world. She, she rocks our world. And she, I'm not convinced she still likes me, but she, I just love her to pieces. And uh, No, she, she lo- she, I think she loves me. But she, I, she at least endures me. Um, I'm her way to Janie. So when she sees me, she will come running. And as soon as I pick her up, she will say, Grammy. And I'll say, no, Poppy. She says, no, down. (laughs) So we have this little back and forth. And when she's at the house, she squeezes me off the chair. That's an emotional soul tie that when I go home and see Janie, because I'm not at work with her, I love her. I want to be with her. We have friends that we want to be with. There are people, there's emotional soul tie. But again, there's bad emotional soul ties that will say, you're worthless. You're no good. People tend to put people down. They want to... They put anger towards people. They, they, they hit rock bottom. They're distressed, all because of what someone said or what someone did. Your worth is not found in what somebody said or did to you. Your worth is found that Jesus Christ died on the cross at Calvary, and he thought enough of you that he died for you. That's important stuff because when we get into communion, you'll see where all these soul ties start to wrap up in the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So although we are emotional beings, that's okay. Jesus was emotional. He cried as if it were drops of blood, Matthew 26 says. He wept over Jerusalem, John, the 19th chapter says. Listen, Jesus cried three times in scriptures, all right? There's emotion there. It's okay to be emotional. We want to be emotional. We want our emotions, though, to be uh, attached to a good soul-type purpose, not a bad soul-type purpose. Amen? There's a spiritual soul tie. In the spirit realm, we have to understand Deuteronomy 11:19 says, God expected us to share his words. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. The Old Testament is really cool. That's just not old books in the Bible. It's really cool on how to really prepare each other and our children's, our homes, our finances, our little ones on how to raise them up in the fear of the Lord. I, I joke sometimes that I, I am the, the consummate family man. I love our family. I love our church family, I, but I absolutely love my wife and our kids. I, I love our girls and I love our boys. Our, I love our, 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 our in-laws, our, our daughter-in-laws and our son-in-laws, but I work out so I can keep my son-in-laws in shape if I need to. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I was never, never going to wrestle my dad, but I want to put the fear of Mark in him every now and then. 
Like if we have to have a come to Jesus moment, I, I'm ready for it, okay? That's how highly I think of my girls, all right? And I, I love our daughter-in-laws, and I, they're, in my mind, they're an extension of who we are. And I love our son-in-laws, don't get me wrong, but, but if there's a wrong move, I'm going to be ready. And it won't take long. <laughs> I'm going to be ready. What was my point? Is when you invest in family, that investment never goes away. Like you never stop being a, a parent. You, that emotion, that soul tie never stops. Now hear me. The same thing then spiritually as you raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. When they are old, they will not depart thereof. Listen, we, we have an investment I told you Janie and I got married in our teenage years, okay? Everything in the world was against us. We should have uh, uh, statistically been divorced three different times from each other. Uh, interest rates were 18%. I didn't have a job. I got fired from my, I didn't get fired from that one. I made $3.15 an hour at the 7-Eleven working midnights. Now, when you're married at first, you don't want to work midnights. And you don't want to make $3.15 an hour working at the 7-Eleven. Nothing wrong with the 7-Eleven, but I'd rather own one than work at one. <laughs> but when, listen, when we, when we started having children and we decided in our heart we were going to spiritually raise them in church, there became a good soul tie there, a, a good connection there. There becomes something healthy there. There can be a bad spiritual soul tie too. When we talk, uh, we talk about Ouija boards, we talk about witchcraft, we talk about seances, we talk about those things. That's a bad, evil soul tie. You want to stay away from that. And the last one that I want you to write down is a physical soul tie. Again, when we talk about the physicality of things, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife and become one flesh. You have to be careful who you connect yourself with. Is it a healthy relationship? Is it an unhealthy relationship? Is it a good soul tie? Is it an evil soul tie? This is, a, this is going to be true then for young people. Young people, you have to be careful who you get connected with and what they want and why they want it. You have to have a good, physical, healthy soul tie. And it would, that would be true even with what we eat, what we take in our body. That would be true with how we think, how we process things. Soul ties are real. I want you to understand that. They're scriptural. They're biblical. We saw it in Dinah. An evil soul tie, that was a no-fault soul tie. All right, and then there's good ties, like good soul ties, like uh, Jesus and his disciples, uh, David and Jonathan, Paul and Barnabas. These are good soul ties, friendships, ministry partners, people that work together, uh, sons and daughters, uh, husbands and wives. It's throughout the scriptures when Jacob blesses his twelve tribes. It's a good, healthy, spiritual, physical soul tie there. So soul ties are real. We can't overlook them, saying, "Well, that's just something." that doesn't exist. It exists very, very, very much. Are you with me? Does that make sense? I hope you got the, the, the just of that. Now we're going to move on for just a second. Well, on the, on, you have a page, I think, and it says breaking soul ties. Let me read through them fairly quickly before we move on to forgiveness. It should be on the last of this section. Breaking soul ties. Confess and repent. So that's the, this, is a, this is a journey that we'll walk through. The first message that Jesus preached was in Matthew, the fourth chapter in the 17th verse, and he said, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come. There's big news in repentance. So listen, well, do I have to repent for something I didn't do? What if it was an evil, no-fault uh, soul tie? Just repent for maybe how it's made you think. 
Repent for how maybe it's, it's caused or controlled you and then move on. And it's easy for someone to say, just get over it. We refuse to say that. We're not going to say that here. We're going to say, let's walk together through this thing. Let's, let's move forward. So repent and confess to repent. Number two, ask for and receive forgiveness. We'll talk about that in a minute. Ask God to sever the soul tie. Pray that the stronghold has been removed and then ask the Holy Spirit to heal and cleanse your soul. These things here, these are important for us to know and for, important for us to understand as we walk through this whole conference because they'll be paramount to how we have to handle every session. So I think we have Mark, the 11th chapter, 23 through 26. We'll put it on the board. We're going to move to freedom through forgiveness. That should be your next session. There's three keys here that I want to tell you that we offer in, in forgiveness. Jesus replied to them, have faith in God. I assure you, if anyone says this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, all the things you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them and you will have them. And what, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your wrongdoing. Critical scripture that Mark talks about. And we, all, and we all have the idea of what it means to be blessed. We all have the idea of how to get blessings. Man, I want to be blessed. I want, I want these things in my life. I want family blessed. I want our church blessed. I want things blessed. But... We have to stop for a moment because as we move into forgiveness, there's a couple of keys here that I want you to write down. Write the word faith down. Faith is critical for, uh, for you or for me, for our church to have a breakthrough of deliverance. It can only be originated by faith because faith is the substance of all things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Or not seen. So we, we, we learn here, yet that we have to understand that the faith is this key ingredient. Janie spoke on it, which is really cool, on Sunday, that when the disciples asked for more faith, Jesus was actually talking about offenses. So when offenses come up, when walls start to build, when we feel like we're not worthy, that's when our faith needs to kick in the most. No, you are worthy. God did send his son to die for you. You are well-liked. You are loved. You are received. If nobody else loves you, Grace Church loves you. We're for all people. We're for every certain person in every situation. And so you have to have faith, even as the grain of a mustard seed. Amen? And then the next thing, then, is forgiveness. Jesus qualifies this in Mark, the 11th chapter. He qualifies it in Matthew, the 6th chapter, verses 14 and 15, that if we don't forgive, we can't be forgiven. Church, that is paramount. That's paramount to restoration. That's paramount to breakthrough. I have to forgive. I want you to take five seconds and let the Holy Spirit just deal with you. If there's anybody in your life right now that, needs, that you need to forgive, and then write their name on that cross exchange sheet. If there's anybody, if there's a, a situation, maybe it's not a person, maybe it's an event, maybe it was a, something that, was, that just happened, maybe, just, just take a moment. Lord, is there anything in our life, any person in our life, any event in our life we need to forgive? Is there something in your life that you need to forgive yourself for? Is there, is God, do you have to, are you holding something accountable to God? God, why'd you let this happen to me? Maybe you need to write God on your cross exchange sheet. Forgiveness is paramount. And then right, so if you have faith plus forgiveness 
equals anything. Write the word anything there. Because Jesus said here in that scripture that if we ask anything, have faith in God, I assure you, if anyone says this mountain, be lifted up. And he says near the end, then if they ask anything, anything. Everybody just say anything, anything. Think about that, anything, anything. Faith and forgiveness equals anything. Those things that the Lord has dealt with you, the things that God has put on your heart, the things that God has placed within your very spirit man, will also, all of a sudden becomes the anything moment that, yes, I want this breakthrough. Yes, I need this deliverance. Yes, I need this restoration. I have to be restored. Father, I need to be restored. Okay, then here's the key. Have faith. Have faith. Walk in forgiveness. Those harmful, shameful things that may have happened to you, you have to forgive. The first words of Jesus Christ on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm convinced that Jesus probably wouldn't have been raised from the dead had he not forgiven the very soldiers that he created on the very tree that he died on. We have to forgive. We have to, and it's easier said than done, trust me. But every person here has had to forgive at one time, will have to forgive at another time, maybe in the middle of forgiveness right now. We have to forgive. And then we don't have it, but I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter for a second. And I'm going to read, uh, as the worship team comes back, just some of the communion. And, and I'm going to read it in such a way that hopefully you'll understand a good soul tie. Paul's writing, and the church in Corinth is messed up. They don't totally get it, as a lot of people sometimes don't. And so Paul's bringing correction. He's bringing instruction. And he says, I remember, I do, I know what the Lord said on this particular night, which we find in, in uh, Luke's the Gospel, the 22nd chapter. He says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on you on the night when he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it. He said, this is my body, physical soul tie, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he also took the cup. This is the cup of the new covenant, emotional and spiritual soul tie, established by my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, listen, sometimes we beat up the Catholic Church because of of transubstantiation. We don't believe that the elements turn physically into the body and blood of Jesus Christ, but I will tell you this, I think there is such strong representation here that when we actually connect ourselves with Jesus through communion, that the evil soul ties that could be in our life, we rebuke them and he pushes them out as he allows good soul ties with him to come in. Hear me, that's the power of communion. We start to do away with it. And in Corinthian church were, were, was taking it lightly. There was a great disregard. And Paul says, therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks the cup of the Lord unworthily. And the word Greek word there is anaxius, which means taking for granted. So we just take it for granted that what Christ did for us, when we recognize that what Jesus did for us pushes out the old and brings in new, pushes out the evil and brings in good pushes out the unclean and brings in holy, then communion takes a whole nother aspect because we understand now that there, well, biologically we are father of the most high God. Okay, spiritually we are sons and daughters. We are connected emotionally. Now we have someone we can cry out to and say, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you. 
it starts to cover all the five soul ties that we went through as we understand the communion elements. And then he says, uh, uh, would be guilty of the sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So, man, so a man should examine himself in this way. He should eat the bread, drink the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body, eats and drinks damnation upon himself. So here's the process while you're just bowing your head and closing your eyes for just another minute. Where you thought just a second ago, I'd like you now to examine yourself. Hey, is everything okay? Are you, are you, are you clean? Are, are you, are you, are, have you broken these soul ties? And, and, and listen, it may be a process, but I'm gonna ask you in just a moment as we take the elements and hold on to them, that you would just say, okay, God, and through this communion, I want to break every evil soul tie that's ever been connected with me, whether it's a no-fault soul tie or a bad soul tie or an evil soul tie. I want to break that. Lord, in that process, I ask for forgiveness in the name of Jesus. I ask for forgiveness, and I forgive anybody who's ever done anything against me. So what? So that freedom through the Lord Jesus Christ can be said. Stand with me right where you're at, if you would. I'm asking for, I think Gary and David are going to help us with the elements. It's kind of a, a free flow, so I'm going to ask you in a moment to come up, grab a juice, grab an element, and then just stay, go back to your seat and just stand. We'll pray for the elements together, and then we will we will, uh, we will pray and take communion. So stand with me if you will. Everybody stand. And now, if you would, while they're starting to worship, 